I have an excellent conversation for us today. I am so glad that you're here. I am really creating this for a couple of different groups of moms. So I have the groups of moms who are reluctantly considering homeschooling, thinking I never wanted to be the homeschool mom or pictured myself as a homeschool mom, or I never thought I would be capable of being a homeschool mom. So this is for you and you'll be so encouraged by this today. I am confident that you will be. The other moms that I'm preparing this for is for moms who are currently homeschooling because you have friends who are in the school system who are saying, I don't think this is going to be an option for us anymore for a variety of reasons. And I want to make a resource for you to be able to send to them. Podcasts are the best tool to be able to send easily to a busy mom because all you have to do is share it in a text, just copy it and send it on their way, post it on your social media. You can post the image on your Instagram or on your Facebook, but I think sending it directly to those friends who are concerned with what is going on right now in the school system, whether it be because of vaccine mandates or because of uh, content that's being taught in the school system. We'll talk about it more in the actual conversation, but use this as a resource, get it out to your friends. I have an excellent guest with me today. She is an expert on what's going on right now in California homeschooling. Her name is Katie Julius. She works with Chia, which is the Christian home educators association of California. She is the communications manager and the editor with them. And you can find them at Chia of CA.org. And that's C H E A of CA.org. Or you can find them on their Facebook is Chia of CA and their Instagram is the same as well. Chia of CA. Katie is also a homeschool mom. She has one daughter who is nine years old and Katie and I recorded a conversation a while ago, episode 31. We did about homeschooling called yes, you can homeschool. So if you listen to this and it whets your appetite for more on homeschooling, you can go back and listen to that. I will link it in the show notes below. You are going to be so glad that you joined us today as we talk about reluctantly homeschooling. Hi friends. Welcome to the Seek Holy Living Podcast with Christus Faboda. I am a wife to my wonderful husband, mom to my five precious children, and a friend to some amazing moms that I can't wait to introduce to you. Mothering is not a journey meant to be traveled alone. Join me every Monday for a new podcast where you will find hope, joy, and purpose. Katie, thank you so much again for joining me here today. Thank you for having me. I so enjoyed our last conversation that we did a little while ago about that parents are capable of homeschooling their children. And I'm excited to take this to a new level now, as I know, as a employee of Chia and working with them, that you have seen so many families right now, reluctantly considering homeschooling, who probably would have never put themselves in the homeschool category. Yes, we're seeing a tidal wave tsunami of families who are exploring homeschooling now. Well, my hope is that that will end up being the greatest unexpected blessing that those families will have reluctantly stepped into something thinking, I never wanted to be that weird homeschool family, but I'm going to try this thing and that it will end up blessing their family and shaping the direction of their family and their children's lives in ways that only God, I believe could ordain. Yes. 
So we'll see how that goes. So I'm excited to talk about this today. So let's talk about first, um, introduce Chia to us. That's, I know for me, it's a common um, organization, but a lot of people just think of the Chia plant. So (laughs) (laughs) let's not spell the same, first of all. Um, Chia is the Christian Home Educators Association of California. And we've been around for 39 years now. We're going to celebrate 40 next year. That's exciting. Um, And we basically support homeschool families and have um, through um, advocacy as well as providing resources to um, different different through different avenues, webinars, website, we have Facebook groups, all that kind of stuff. Um, so we really uh, like to promote the private option um, for home education. Yes. And okay. So speaking of private home education, that's a good thought. So I would encourage people to go back and listen to my conversation, episode three about homeschooling. We actually revisited that conversation in January. Uh, so you can find it there when you scroll through podcasts and I can even link it down in the show notes because I really explain very well in that conversation, the different ways to homeschool that you can homeschool privately, or you can homeschool publicly. So we won't dive into that today, but that's a really good point. So Chia focuses on private home education and today specifically we're focusing on the state of California. Yes. Right. <laughs> yes. So while, while people can educate um, all across the nation in different ways. And I think that there will be a lot of content that would be nationwide, even worldwide helpful today. But some of the things we're talking about are going to narrow in on California because that's where we're seeing a lot of the, um, interest in homeschool and those reluctant families considering homeschooling. So if you are from different places in the nation, though, I would encourage you also to check out HSLDA, which is the Homeschool Legal Defense Association, because that's going to have more nationwide, broad reaching information. Whereas some of the legality aspects on the CHIA website are going to lean towards California since they're a California advocacy group. That's correct. Great. Okay. So let's just jump in here. Katie, what is drawing all these families to consider homeschooling who never thought that they would be in that boat? Well, the biggest thing we're seeing right now was the governor's announcement back on October 1st that vaccine mandates for COVID-19 were coming for um, school children. And Mm -hmm. so a lot of people kind of panicked a little bit, Um, but we want to assure them that there is not a need to panic. Um, This is not something that goes into effect immediately. Um, So it gives you some time to kind of look at your options and explore different ways of homeschooling and different um, methods of homeschooling and all of that. Um, But that's probably the biggest thing that we're seeing if people are concerned about uh, medical freedom. Mm -hmm. Okay. I like that you mentioned different ways of homeschooling and methods of homeschooling. So I'm going to follow up on that exact topic actually on my Instagram this week and hopefully every day do a live with someone else and talk about what their homeschool life looks like, because Mm -hmm. it looks so different in every family. And I think that it's helpful for parents to realize I'm not, you may actually be getting into something or considering something that's very different than what you are imagining it is. I think for the good. Yes. Um, okay. And so with, with the vaccine mandate, so it's not happening right now. No. Uh, there definitely is question of medical freedom in there. And I think it's really wise that parents are taking that seriously and not just going along with it. Um, like it's no big deal because these are their children and this is their children's medical freedom. That's a parent's responsibility, not exactly. the government's. <laughs> and 
Is this all brick and mortar schools? It is. Um, just like the the all the other vaccines that are mandated, it does apply to all in-person instruction is the terminology that they have used um, in, in, the, in SB 277. Uh, that was from, I think, five years ago or so. Yeah. Um, and that's the same language that we've heard, I believe, the governor mention when he made his announcement. So um, that so would we're be talking both- private school and yeah. public school here. In-person instruction, yes. Mm-hmm. Okay. So the other thing that I've heard about is I've heard of people having concerns with some of the new content that's rolling into schools, that some of it's pretty subtle and I think can come with a nice front. And we're not going to get too much into this, but it's just another thing I think for parents to be wise about. I think that it's our job to use discernment and to be critically thinking about what our children are being taught, what's go- what they're being fed. Um, and so I think it's important for parents to be aware. So those two things I would recommend parents really research into if they haven't. One is the comprehensive sex education that's already taking place right now. And I will link a conversation I did with Gina Gleason, specifically focusing on the comprehensive sex ed in the show notes for this podcast, because it is shocking. I would say that this is even a parental rights issue. This is a religious freedom issue because children are being taught Well, I would go as far as to say pornographic information in their classrooms. And so it's, it's really unfathomable what's going on there. So if you have not researched that yet, go back and listen to that podcast by yourself. Do not listen to it with your children. (laughs) That's horrible. though. I'm having to tell you, keep your children away from the information that children are being fed. Yes, but it's true. Okay. So there's that. Um, and then there's also the new ethnic studies course requirement, which is not going into action right now. And I think those both have such nice titles, you know, ethnic studies course. Well, are you anti-ethnic studies? No, but research what's in the material that the children are supposed to be taught. I can assure you that if you are a Bible believing mother, that there will be content in there that you will question. So, okay. Let's roll on. I'm going to put that on the moms to research those things. Let's think outside the box and think how could homeschooling be an option for some families who maybe say, but wait, I I'm really reluctant to do this because let's start with this first one, because I'm not a teacher. How can someone who's not an educator homeschool their children, Katie? Um, well, the biggest thing that I have found is to learn along with them. Um, there's actually a blog post on Chia's uh, website that I wrote fairly recently um, about ways that you can do that. And that's by learning with them. Um, you don't have to know everything to teach your child. I certainly don't. Um, I had no idea how to teach phonics, even though I did teach in the classroom for a few years, it was art. So (laughs) that doesn't really help in teaching phonics. Um, and the things that I have learned in teaching my daughter how to read, I cannot, I, I never learned that stuff or I don't remember learning that thing, that, that stuff. And, um, I think if you can develop a love of learning and a love of wanting to find information, that's really, at least in my opinion, where the focus of education should be and not just regurgitating facts and that you may not remember from your, your schooling either. I would absolutely agree with that. And I would also add that if you are developing a love for learning, you're, devel- you're lighting that spark in your child which is the goal. The goal is that they love to learn and that they have the ability to learn and the ability to research and find out information for themselves. Not that they'd be able to spout out every fact. I think, especially in this day and age, if you 
love learning and someone who loves to learn probably also has a positive self-esteem and self-confidence and, um, value for others. Like all of those things are going to take you so much further than being able to spout off a whole bunch of information. So yes, we, we also talked about, it's interesting because you and I both actually are educators, Mm -hmm. but we have both encouraged friends in the past that in some ways we had to unteach ourselves our classroom ways because homeschooling, it's not schooling at home. The home comes first and the schooling comes after. And the home culture is what shapes the education of our child. And we almost had to strip away the classroom philosophy and mentalities because we get to individualize our education for our child to serve their strengths and their weaknesses. And to come from a philosophy that says, I'm seeking first the kingdom of God and his righteousness. Mm-hmm. And all these other things will be added to them as well. That's completely different than what I was taught. Even though I went to a Christian university, you just can't, you just can't do it that way. When I have, you know, 30 children in a classroom and my objective is to get through so many standards, it just looks different because I'm teaching a classroom of children. Yes. So I think that any parent absolutely can. And again, I will link that conversation that we had in more depth on that specific topic and in the show notes for this too. Okay. Let's see. Um, okay. So homeschool is not the same. And in homeschooling, I'm going to share again on my Instagram, kind of what a day in the life looks like, but I am curious, Katie, if someone asked you, what does the state actually require of me? Like how, what do I, where do I turn their work into? Where do I turn their tests into? How does that all work? So surprisingly in California, we have a lot of leniency as far as, and freedom as far as home, uh, private home education as a private, you basically are establishing yourself as a little teeny tiny single family private school um, by filing a PSA or a private school affidavit. And then there's a few records you have to keep. Um, the biggest one is attendance. And it says that you have to record their absences, not the days that they're actually there. So a blank calendar saying absences marked with an X is enough to qualify for attendance for that year. Um, because I found we learn every day, no matter what we're doing, <laughs> we're learning something. Um, so, and there's a few other um, minor um just record keeping things that you have to keep on file, but it's nothing that you don't have to keep tests. You don't have to do grades. You don't have to um, keep work samples. You don't have to keep lesson plans, which is my biggest thing because my lesson plans are wrong after about an hour of school during the week. (laughs) And so it takes a lot to have to update that. I know some States have minimum hours or days or things like that. And California does not Um, so we're actually really blessed, um, the way that we are able to privately home educate here in California. Absolutely. We are. I'm super thankful for that. Mm -hmm. Uh, so who's going to help if there's a mom who's like, okay, maybe we're going to do this, but I sure don't like want to do it alone in all of my house with all of my (laughs) children who will help them. Um, well, I have found Personally, the biggest help has been my um, homeschool groups that we've been able to find um, locally, which that's kind of how we met Krista or how I met Krista. (laughs) Um, And so I think that 
finding a group that of like-minded moms, whether it's something that's already established or, you know, you have a few friends who feel the same way that you do and you go, Hey, we're going to, we're going to team up together and you teach art and I'm going to teach science and you're going to teach English, or maybe I'll teach Monday. You teach Tuesday, especially if you're working, Mm -hmm. um, that, um, is a good way. If you have grandparents who are retired and maybe can help you. Um, I know my daughter loves to go over and visit Grammy and do school with Grammy because she likes her as a teacher better than me sometimes. (laughs) Um, And that's fine with me because then at least she's still learning. So um, if, or grand or grand or other family members as well. So um, those are two different options. Um, But I think getting connected is key. Mm-hmm. And I found that during the whole pandemic time, when we were homeschooling more separately from everybody, our community, the need for it just was so illuminated to me because I didn't have that type community and our group, uh, because it is a larger group of homeschool families, wasn't doing like almost anything in person at that point. Mm-hmm. And so we ended up doing like what you said, we found a few other families who were like-minded and said, okay, we're just going to get together at a park every week just to be together. So the kids can be with friends. And so I can be with moms. And the first day we got together and my kids ran to the park at speed, like they were like little racehorses getting let out of the gate when they opened up the van doors. <laughs> I'm sure it was quite a sight. Um, but I just sat in my front seat and it made me just cry. I thought I have needed this desperately. So if you're thinking you're going to be alone, I promise you, you won't be pray about it. The Lord will lead you to people. Uh, Chia has some resources about how to find a group and your local church. I would also recommend contact your church and say, are there any other homeschool families or is there a homeschool support group in this area? Or if your church doesn't have any, find a larger church. I can almost assure you that a larger church in your vicinity will have some recommendation in your area. Um, and, and then also the other thing on that, that I'll mention is you're going to immediately be able to just erase that deep fear that your children aren't going to know how to socialize because good news, they are going to have friends and you are going to have friends. And actually it's going to be surprising because what will happen is they will have friends who are older than them and younger than them. And the girls will play with the boys and it will be a more organic formed relationship that actually looks more like the real world than what I saw students have when I was a teacher in a classroom, because in a classroom, the fifth graders were friends with fifth graders. And by that point, mostly the girls were friends with the girls and the boys were friends with the boys, you know, but what I see happen in the homeschool communities is so different. I remember a friendship that I had with a girl who was three years older than me. And she invited me to do something fun with her one day. And my mom made a comment about not feeling obligated to have me, even though I'm younger. And the friend said, well, neither of us care that she's younger if you don't care. (laughs) And my mom was like, okay, sorry. I was imposing this expectation that they could only be friends because they're the same age. So it's a really cool thing. The socialization that happens in those homeschool communities. Um, Okay, let's go back. Let's go on to working. You mentioned that uh, having help with schooling while you work. I'm going to let you jump on that because you do work quite a bit. How do you homeschool while you work? Um, Well, I don't do it at the same time. (laughs) I've learned that first of all, boundaries are huge. Um, I try really hard to separate. This is work time and this is um, schooling time. And I try to not be looking at my phone. And that's true for any mom, really to not be looking at at the phone during school hours or when we're doing school or reading or whatever. Um, the nature of my job makes that a little bit more difficult because I do social media and 
you kind of have to be on a lot <laughs> for social media. Um, but I think that's something that I'm still working on, but definitely boundaries are huge. Um, and just really prioritizing what is important. Um, if you're a believer, um, I, I, and I would encourage you to really evaluate, you know, where does work fall in that? Is that your top three? Maybe probably not, you know, we've got God, spouse and kids. That's kind of the biblical way that, that the structure works. And so work is important. Yes. Um, but I think that it's, you know, maybe take a look at, at, at the way that the, what you're prioritizing in your life and how you can restructure your life in order to make the education of your children more of a priority. Um, and I think, um, having that support system we talked about, um, and finding like-minded parents or having family help out, that's really big too. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, it doesn't I, have to look a certain way. No, it I doesn't. have a friend. I have a friend who's new to homeschooling and she just was offered a job as a professor. So she works from home every morning. That's one thing that was really amazing that happened during COVID is I've seen a lot of moms bring their work home. So -hmm. this friend, they have thought so outside of the box. Um, so this friend, they built a shed in their backyard. So she has a she shed. So in the mornings <laughs> she goes outside, goes in her she shed with her coffee and does her work from her computer for a few hours in the morning, comes in is with her kids for a little bit. And then she ended up getting a job as a professor, uh, as this professor sign language instructor at this university nearby, mm-hmm. but the only class they had available was in the morning. And it's interesting because the first thought is, but wait, we do school in the, in the morning during those hours. But she just said, no, my husband can shift his hours so he can be home with the kids during that time. And they can enjoy being together and doing something fun. And we're going to do our academics in the afternoon mm-hmm. and it's worked fine. And but it's taken really- creativity. Yeah. That's one of the great things about homeschooling is it doesn't have to happen between eight and two or three mm-hmm. in the day. It can happen, you know, in the evenings and the afternoons on the weekends, any of that. And it of, doesn't uh, take as long. It doesn't no. take as long as people think it does either. When you think about one-on-one education, if you hired a tutor to teach your child, you wouldn't hire them to tutor your child from 8am till 3pm. Your child would <laughs> lose their mind, right? <laughs> a good amount of that time is spent lining up or following instructions or waiting for other people's questions or getting lunch, all the things. Think back to all that time that was wasted in your day when you were in school. And not any fault of the school. It's just how it works doing anything with that many children. (laughs) Yes. And I think the pandemic actually, I think is helpful with this because I think Mm -hmm. employers are much more open to alternate schedules or working from home or things like Mm -hmm. that. And so talk, if that's not your current situation, talk to your employer and see if there's, you know, some way that you can shift your hours or work from home some days or something like that, that can make homeschooling an option, a better option, more yeah. attractive. <laughs> yeah. And, and functional for your family. Yes. And I would even go to a bold place on this. So I hope I don't like ruffle any feathers with this, but I'm going to go to a place of saying to even seriously look at your budget and look at where you're spending your money. And maybe, maybe you do need to work, but maybe you could work less if it didn't include a vacation or if your, if your budget didn't include having a new car, or if your budget didn't include, you know, you fill in the blank, but look at it really critically and look at it alongside your, the like next to, in comparison, the face of your child and knowing if I believe God is calling me to this, what is he calling me to sacrifice? And maybe it's sacrificing 
some of the things that you've had as a higher priority in your family life. I mean, maybe it even requires a move. Maybe it requires a move to a state that you can afford to live in while educating your child and not working as much or moving to a different home. That's not going to cost you as much. But in the end, I think about when our children are grown, when we look back, if we stepped out in bold obedience, if the Lord is leading you go for it, I say, go all in, put all your chips in and see how God shows up. Because then you can say to God, be the glory. Look what we did. And you're going to have a testimony that is bigger than you would have expected. But I think those are the times that the Lord shows up in big ways. And then we can give him all of the honor for the work he did in our lives. Right? Yes, definitely. Hey, so one thing, another people's ask, what if I ruin them or what if I miss something important? Um, okay. So I'm just going to like really briefly go on this one because I just want to encourage you. You are going to miss things. So just go ahead, like know that yes, I'm going to miss things, but one is what you're missing going to be worse than what your the circumstances you're taking them out of. I would argue, no, I would argue if the Lord's leading you to do something different than whatever the circumstances of the school is that you're removing them from is going to be worse than whatever the thing is that you're going to miss. And you're teaching children to learn. So if you miss something, they're learners. So they can learn it again later. And you're not ruining them by them missing it that one time because they didn't get that one mission studied in fourth grade in California. I promise they're going to be fine. And there were a couple scriptures I wanted to bring in about this too. I was looking at there's Mark 8, 26 says, um, Oh goodness. It was not Mark eight 26. You're going to read Mark eight 26 on your own. And you're going to be like, what? That has nothing to do with this. Don't read Mark eight 26. I'll come back to the Bible passages in a second. Um, cause I do want to read them. I'm going to let Katie first for a minute, talk about college. Cause that's another question. People ask a lot of times, well, what about college? So let's go there. I'll bring my scripture in, in my closing when I know it's not Mark eight 26. <laughs> Yeah. So college, that is a very common question we get, even from people with preschoolers. How is my kid going to end up in college? And I want to assure you that there are plenty of homeschoolers who have gone to colleges, um, any of them, whether they're small little private colleges or the big state colleges or the big, huge elite um, Harvards and things like that. Mm -hmm. Um, Homeschoolers are actually very attractive to colleges because they're independent learners and they have a drive to learn and they've developed a lot of those skills that um, colleges like. Um, and so uh, the question we get is, well, what is the requirement for graduation? And the great thing about being a private homeschool is that you get to decide what that is. If your child wants to go to college, you probably need to look at whatever colleges they're interested in and see what are the classes that they need to take to get into college. Um, But if they're planning to maybe go to a a junior college or um, a trade school or something like that, where it doesn't require certain levels of classes or, you know, trigonometry or whatever, um, you can really focus on your children's interests and um, focus there. And those are your graduation requirements. Mm -hmm. Um, And so you can obviously use what the state minimum requirements are kind of as a guide if you are really lost and you have no idea where to start. Um, But just know that you don't have to do that if your child really struggles and they're not going to get into geometry. That's okay. You know, they, Hmm. they finish in algebra and that's the basic math they need to do their books for their business that they're creating, or they hire somebody who's really good at that. 
Yeah. Um, yeah. So um, there's, again, a lot of freedom that we have in California to graduate our children and then to send them off to college mm-hmm. after graduation. Yeah. There's a video right now that my husband just found that Prager you just put out that specifically mm-hmm. is talking about the difference between trade school versus university as different college options. So it's interesting how this is coming. It's really take, there's a big shift going on right now yes. in post high school education for our children. So it'll be interesting to see when my kids at that point, kind of what direction the Lord leads us. And again, it's such an open place of faith and trusting the Lord that mm-hmm. he will prepare us to prepare them for what they need. And I just want to add too that you're the colleges aren't going to look at what your kid took in second grade or fifth grade, or even eighth grade. <laughs> no. maybe eighth grade if they're taking a high school level course, but what you're doing now is really kind of laying a foundation, um, for them to be able to learn on their own. Really. Um, Mm -hmm. when they get into high school, I have friends who have high school kids and they really have taken ownership of that and have been able to do, they kind of do school on their own a little bit, like the mom, Mm -hmm. mom's there to help if needed, but it's really, it's much more of a call, at least my experience, much more of a college environment where they're maybe have a video they watch or they read the text and then they do the, the, the work for it or whatever. Yeah. Um, so I think that that that's an encouragement to those of you who don't have high school kids, you don't have to stress, have fun, choose topics that are interesting to you and your family and enjoy learning and being together. Absolutely. Absolutely. And if your child is in high school and you're considering this, I would encourage you. There have been many families who have pulled their kids out in high school and have successfully launched them into the world. Well, so you can do it too. You really can. Um, and if your husband is on the fence about this, let's talk about this. If your husband doesn't support homeschooling, one thing I would recommend with that is that you need to bring him along the journey with you because he, there was a process that took you from saying, I would never homeschool to saying, I'm going to listen to a podcast about reluctantly homeschooling. Uh, you didn't just have, that didn't happen overnight. So whatever process took you from that point of saying, I would never do this to this point of saying, maybe I would actually consider this, take him on that journey with you walk those, those conversations, work them out together. Um, cause otherwise he's, he, of course, he's not going to consider it because you didn't even consider it. And he probably has the same concerns you did that they're going to be weird. And my kid's not going to be able to go to college and it's going to cost us all our money. I assure you, it's not going to cost you all your money. You can homeschool so inexpensively. And I can talk more about that on my Instagram some this week also, because as we talk about different ways of homeschooling, because some are more expensive and some are less, but, um, any other advice you would have Katie for the mom whose husband is, you know, not really not interested in the idea. I think involve him when you can, um, even once you do start homeschooling, if he's like, okay, I'll let you do this and we'll see how it goes. Um, that I think involving him, if there's a field trip, maybe he has a day off work, plan a field trip for a day that he's off work where he can kind of see, wow, yeah, I didn't realize, you know, how, how much they enjoy this or how much you enjoy this. Um, and I know a friend of ours, they do an end of the year kind of like open house kind of thing where they invite um, grandparents even too, and they, they get to see what the kids do. And I've never been able to adopt that COVID kind of threw a wrench in that one. I was like, oh, that's a cool idea. Um, so it hasn't happened yet for us, but I've always looked at that and be like, oh, that's so cool. Mm-hmm. And so, and you get to showcase what the kids learn and the kids get to tell, um, about what they're learning. And you can even do that. It doesn't have to be the end of the year, maybe around the dinner table, you know, everybody gets mm-hmm. to share something that they learned in school that day. And I think when he sees that you and your kids are enjoying it and thriving in it, um, he's going to 
come around and be a little bit more supportive in that, I think. Absolutely. That's a great idea. It's a great idea. Uh, okay. So where, where does someone start with all of this? Tell me about the resource. Cause Chia just put out something incredible. That's like extremely comprehensive because this is where does someone start is really a whole episode or more on its own. <laughs> it's, it's easy to start. I will say that. So let's just give the easy steps and then I will link the resources that Chia is putting out right now. And can you just tell us what those resources are? They're pretty incredible. Sure. Yeah. So, um, we have recently launched our, what's what we're calling our evacuation plan. Um, so evacuation from school and bringing them home. And so we have included in that recordings, um, to four of our recent, recent last year webinars, um, just kind of getting started stuff. Um, so getting started, choosing your curriculum, planning your year and keeping your records. And so those are kind of the four, key things um, that many homeschoolers ask when they're getting started. And mm-hmm. so those are going to be released once a week. And we just released the second one today, which is our curriculum one. And they'll be released every week and then available for viewing through November 12th, I believe it is. Um, and, right. you just have to, and that's free. Um, you just have to sign up with an email address and then you all have access to those recordings until then. Um, and they're available to our Chia members all the time. So um, if you're a okay. Chia member, um, or if you want to become a Chia member, there's those recordings plus all of our other ones. Um, and if someone's listening to this after November 12th, so yeah. that becoming a member of Chia is very inexpensive. How much is it for the year? It, um, our basic is $35 a year. Yeah. So I'm going to say like those, those webinars enough are going to be worth your $35. So yes. if you're listening to this after November 12th, join Chia, enjoy those and the other resources they have available too. Um, and then a couple other resources we have that are free um, all the time. We have our blog um, that we publish encouragement, how-to tips, um, mm-hmm. address current question situations. And then within that, we actually have a homeschooling 101 series. And that's a great kind of compilation of all of our getting started blogs. So it's kind of like the webinar the, the blog version of all of our webinars. Um, if you're more of a reading kind of type, I know I like to read. I don't like to listen. I'm a visual learner. So mm-hmm. <laughs> I like to be able to read it and, you know, and um, there's one in particular, it's called keep calm or keep calm and homeschool on. And that was one we wrote last year when people were kind of panicking and leaving schools because of not being open. And um, there are a ton of resources that are linked in there about how to get started Um, And it's really easy. It's kind of three or four steps. You notify your school you're leaving, you file a PSA, and then you request your children's records. And that's kind of the super basic version. (laughs) Okay. Let's, Um, let's talk through those three briefly here. So notify your school you're going to do in writing. Yes. So you want to send a letter um, from you as the parent saying, I'm withdrawing my students to attend a private school. Um, That's key because in California, homeschooling is not a legal term. Um, We homeschool under the private school umbrella. And so if you say homeschool, you might have a little more trouble withdrawing and the school might give you a hard time. Hopefully they don't, but um, that's why we don't even have to go there. Yeah. Just leave it out and just say they're, they're attending a private school. Mm -hmm. Um, And then you'll file the PSA or the private school affidavit. Um, And we have resources on our website that will walk you through step-by-step to do that. I know, um, uh, the filing period is actually right now for schools that are currently in existence, but you can top, file your PSA anytime until 
um, June 30th. So if you want to withdraw your children in March, you can withdraw them in March and then you would file your PSA um, that next day. And And Chia and HSLDA have excellent resources for filing your private school affidavit. So as long as you can, you'll use their resources that are free and available to do that. And then you'll pull up the form online and you'll look at, okay, what am I supposed to click for number two? And you'll click it and you'll go to number three. Like if you can place online orders, you can do this. It's not that difficult. (laughs) And it takes maybe 10 or 15 minutes the first time you do it. And so it's really, it's, it sounds a lot more intimidating than it is. And you get to name your school when you do yes. that. Okay. What's your school called, Katie? My school is, in, our, our school's Adventures Academy. Oh, that's so fun. We're the Freedom Academy oh. because uh, I know we didn't even know what we were getting into when we started that. I feel like now we should like <laughs> make a flag for our family to like stand for freedom. Uh, <laughs> but Svoboda means freedom. So that's kind of fun. Oh, I never knew that. That's fun. Yeah. Um, okay. So, so then start. Third- Step three. Yeah. Yes. So step three is requesting their records and you're actually going to send a written letter. And again, that's linked in our keep calm and homeschool on article. Um, you're going to send that article from you as the private school. So you'll want to create a letterhead and it doesn't have to be fancy. You can just write your name and at the name of your school and your address. And you're basically going to say, you know, as of this date, these students are enrolled, please send their records to us and they'll and sign your name as the administrator, principal, whatever term you want to use, and send that off to your old school. And they should send you the students' cumulative files, but you would then keep. And if you were to ever return to school or transfer to a different school, you would pass that along eventually to them. But if you want to stay home, then you just keep that file for yourself. Um, and then you start homeschooling. So um, that's the fun part. <laughs> that's exciting. And I'm going to say if, if on the day you do that, you need to go buy yourself like a really good coffee because that's your first teacher appreciation gift and yes. tell yourself, I'm so proud of me. Good job. I can do this and enjoy your coffee and start this new journey. Mm-hmm. Katie, this has been so much fun. Thank you so much for joining me and just for your wealth of knowledge and for all of the resources that Chia provides to support families homeschooling in the state of California. You're welcome. Thanks again for having me. I love doing this. (laughs) As we close our time together today, I want to point you back to God's word because ultimately this is where all of us should be having our focus in all things, regardless of the circumstances we're looking at that God's going to be leading us in. As we continue to turn our eyes back to him, he will lead us and he will take us every step of the way. And then we can confidently step out into whatever step that is. So let me read you a few passages. I found the right ones. Uh, Luke six forty is the first one. A disciple is not above his teacher, but everyone who is perfectly trained will be like his teacher. Luke six forty. And I want to mirror Christ for my children. And I want them to look like us. I don't want them to look like the world. So I'm going to be very careful who that teacher is. Philippians 1, 6 says, being confident of this very thing that he who has begun a good work in you, a good work in your child will complete it until the day of Christ Jesus. It is not on you, mom, to complete that work. You are just stepping in obedience, leading the Lord or following the Lord's leading. And he will complete the good work that he has begun in your child and in you. God is going to work in you. God is going to sharpen you. I don't want it to seem like this is going to be easy. This is going to be hard. You are going to have weak moments. You will have moments where you won't even know how to pray because it's a hard work and you're doing difficult things. But Romans 8, 26 says that likewise, the spirit also helps us in our weaknesses for we do not know what we should pray for as we ought, but the spirit himself makes intercession for us with groanings which cannot be uttered. 
when you don't know what to pray, it's not because you're doing something wrong. Maybe it's because you're doing something right. And the Lord will fill that space. And when you are weak and you say, God, I don't know. I don't know if I can do this. I don't know if I'm enough. Once again, I go to second Corinthians 12, nine, it says, he said to me, my grace is sufficient for you for my power is made perfect in weakness. Therefore I will boast all the more gladly about my weaknesses so that Christ's power may rest on me. And then you get to say to God, be the glory for great things he has done. In Matthew 6, 33, it tells us to seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness. And all these things will be added to you as well. As you seek him and seek his kingdom for your child, this is a kingdom mindset you're developing and a world biblical worldview you're shaping for your child. As you make this choice for them, seek first his kingdom and trust God's faithfulness. God will be faithful. And if it just feels like this is going to be so hard on me, or maybe right now, maybe right now feels so hard right now feels like a burden on you. I want to point us to close with Matthew eleven twenty eight through 30. This is Jesus speaking, whether your current circumstance feels burdensome, or the idea of homeschooling your child feels burdensome. Soak this in. This is, this is the, these are the words of Jesus. It says, come to me, all you who labor and are heavy laden, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you and learn from me, for I am gentle and lowly in heart, and you will find rest for your souls. For my yoke is easy and my burden is light. Oh, I pray that light burden over you today as God leads you. One other resource I thought of, I wanted to point you towards is one other podcast called coffee with Carrie. She has a podcast that's all about homeschooling and she has so many resources available there and she is in Southern California. So you might be encouraged by that resource as well. I will be praying this week for you as I share more on my Instagram about homeschooling. And I believe that the Lord is going to lead you clearly. And I'm so excited to be able to be a part of this journey with you. Have a blessed week. Thank you for joining us today. Be sure to subscribe wherever you listen to podcasts so you don't miss any of our weekly conversations. And check out our show notes below where I have links to the resources mentioned on the podcast. I release a new podcast every Monday and additional content at seekholyliving.com, including a video of this conversation and a deeper dive into all things mom. Also, be sure to follow me on Instagram and Facebook at Seek Holy Living for more fun and conversation. If this was an encouragement to you, please share it with your friends. And join us next week as we talk about reasons to celebrate.